So what are the principles that govern human relations, that govern marriages, that govern families? I'm gonna tell you a quick story to get started on this one. I was at a bank once. Well, I had a problem with my account. And I'll tell you, the problem I had with my account is that I didn't put money in the account when I should have put money in the account. My account was in the red. In fact, I had a lot of things go through and I had a bunch of overdraft fees because uh, quite a number of things had gone through. Well, I was concerned about this. And by the way, this was many years ago, back when you actually had to go to the bank. A lot of, a lot of banking you can do now on your, on your phone. But I went into this bank and there was a gentleman, we'll call him Jeff. Jeff was super helpful. I went in there, I put the money in like I should have when I should, uh, before. And Jeff was nice. He waived a bunch of the overdraft fees. And when he was done, I was really grateful. And I, I looked at Jeff and I said, hey, Jeff, can I get the email to your boss? And he looked at me with this uh, kind of was surprised. You could tell by the way he looked at me, he kind of wanted to know, well, why do you want the email to my boss? And I said, you know, I'm just going to write him a letter and tell him what a great job you did. I really appreciate you taking the time to help me. And thanks for waiving the fees. And, and when I told him that, by the way he reacted, I could tell he was not used to this positive reinforcement. He was probably more used to getting, you know, saying, people saying something negative to him. But I went home that night and I spent just a couple minutes uh, writing an email, typed up the email and it said something like this. Dear Mr. Branch Manager, I have the opportunity of working with Jeff. He was very professional and helpful. I think he deserves a raise and a promotion. And I sent this to his boss, but I copied Jeff on the email so that he could see that I was sending it to him. And I didn't think anything else about it. Well, uh, you know, it was interesting. Maybe several days or a week later, I came back to that same bank and I'm standing in line. And again, this is back in the days when you had to be at the bank. And there was probably, let's say there was 10 people in line. There was quite a few people in line. Something happened to me that had never happened to me before. I was standing in line and somebody came up to me. It was not Jeff. It was not the branch manager. It was somebody else, but they came up to me. And it was interesting because they knew my name. They said, Mr. Anderson, can I help you with your banking? I was a little surprised this hadn't happened before. And I said, well, sure. And he said, follow me. And he brought me from the back of the line and sat me down at the desk. And he let me do my banking in front of everybody there. You would have thought I had $10 million in the bank, which we all know I didn't. It was really interesting. It happened again and again at this bank where I would walk in and they said, Mr. Anderson, can we help you? And they let me do my banking in front of other people. And it was interesting that this type of behavior did not start happening until after I had complimented Jeff to his boss. Now, I might ask you, listeners, why do you think that happened? And when I ask this to audiences, a lot of times I'll get this answer. They'll say, well, they, Jeff probably talked and he, he probably told them uh, that you said something nice and now they think they want to get a letter from the boss. Maybe he was recognized. The, the truth is I have no idea what happened. I don't know. I just know that after I wrote the letter, stuff started happening. Fast forward several years, I'm uh, sitting in New York. I'm sitting across this, the, this table from a high-level director in New York. And he looks at me and said something that really surprised me. He said, you are the only salesperson I have ever let into my office. Now, what I think he might have meant is the only salesperson he, he, he let into his office about this particular product I was selling. But that's not what he said. He said, you're the only salesperson I've ever let into my office. And then he said something really, really interesting, but I'm not going to tell you what he said. I want you to think about this. What did I do to be the only salesperson that he let into his office, at least about the particular product I was selling? What do you think I did? Well, I'm going to answer that question for you. 
it was almost the same thing I did at the bank. You know, when you're selling to organizations, you have to get to a decision maker. And the decision maker is often guarded by, um, I call them gatekeepers, like a secretary or receptionist or an administrative assistant, somebody who kind of tries to make sure that the time of the decision maker is guarded. Well, what I did is I sent this email to the decision maker and it was just an email telling them basically what I did. And guess what happened when I sent this email? And the answer is nothing. I didn't get a response. I didn't get a, hey, somebody else handles this for us. I didn't get it. We're not interested. Or I didn't get it. You should talk to so-and-so. Nothing happened. It was just completely ignored. Well, several days later, I called in and tried to see if I could follow up on this email. And who do you think I ran into? Well, as you'd probably guess, I ran into his gatekeeper, his secretary. And I said, hey, can I speak with Bob? And she said, he's unavailable. By the way, that's what they always say. He's unavailable. If you're selling to organizations, you hear that a lot. Well, when she said he's unavailable, I said, you know what? Um, maybe what I could do is resend the email that I sent to him before and copy it to you to make sure he, he'll get it. Is that okay? And she said, sure. I said, thank you. Um, and, this, as, and, and then after that, we started to talk just a little bit. And I noticed that she was really, uh, she kind of had a fun personality. She was fun to talk to. And, and I mentioned that to her. I said, you know what? I talk to people all day long and uh, it's just refreshing to talk to someone who's just as nice and professional as you. I said, thank you. And she goes, well, you're welcome. And I said, you know what? I'm going to mention that to your boss. Like, and she said, well, thanks. And so I, got, I pulled the email real quick that I typed before and I typed really fast. And I, and I, I said, dear Bob, I had the opportunity of working with Janice. She was very professional and helpful. I think she's an asset to your team. By the way, I'm going to be in New York on these days, something to that effect. And I sent it to Bob and I copied Janice. And she's on the phone with me right there. And I said, hey, did, the, did you get that email? And she goes, let me check. And she goes, yeah, it came through. And she said, and by the way, th thanks for the compliment. And I said, well, I meant it. And then the conversation was basically over and that was it. We'll, we'll go back to where I'm sitting there across the high level director in New York. I'm sitting there across from him and he's just told me, you're the only salesperson that I've ever let into my office. And then the next thing he said that was really interesting, he said, the reason you're here is because you were nice to my secretary. I talked to my secretary more than I talked to my wife. And some of these salespeople don't understand that. Now, I thought that was super, super interesting. He said, I was the only salesperson he'd ever led into his office. And it was because I was nice to his secretary. Now, let me tell you what he did not say. He did not say, you're the only salesperson I've ever led into my office. And it was because you have the best social media I've ever seen. He didn't say that. He didn't say, I've never seen anybody tweet 4,000 times in a day. And you tweeted 4,000 times in a day. He didn't say that either. He said, you're the only person I've ever led into my office. And it was because you were nice to my secretary. Now, I thought that was really, really interesting. Now, if there's one thing I want you to start doing differently because you come to this podcast and listen to me speak, I want you to start thinking, what are the principles that govern everything really? What are they really? Now, at the beginning of the podcast, we talked about gravity. We said gravity is the principle. And then we talked about all these principles, all these techniques that you could use to align with it. You can't invent a principle, but you can invent techniques. So we talked about hydroelectric dams. We talked about skydiving. We talked about zip lining. We talked about um, what can I, roller coasters. All of these things you could do that could make you money with gravity. But right now we're going to go backwards. 
let's start with the technique and I want you to figure out what the principle was that actually I aligned with in the situation. So my technique for getting treated like a king at the bank was I sincerely complimented Jeff to his boss or with Janice, I sincerely complimented Janice to their boss. That was the technique. But what was the timeless ancient principle that was just as real as gravity? What was it? Any guesses? And when I ask this question to audiences all over the country, I hear things like this kindness, respect, sincerity, appreciation. And by the way, all of those answers are exactly right. They're exactly right. But I'm going to take those answers. I'm going to combine it into one thing. I'm going to call it the golden rule. The golden rule was what got me to be the only salesperson. It wasn't that I had a great website. It wasn't that I had great social media. It wasn't that my marketing was great. It was because I was nice to the secretary. I did something that I'd like to happen to me. I mean, who wouldn't want somebody to say something nice to their boss who affects their career? And that's what made the difference. I want you to know, and I want you to think about this. What if I had ignored the golden rule at the bank? What if I had gone into the bank and been a little bit of a bully and said, you better fix this problem. And if you don't fix this problem, I'm gonna take my, my banking elsewhere. And you better waive the fees. I've, had, I've, I've kept my bank account with you guys for a long time. And if you don't waive the fees, I'm going to uh, go tell everybody what a bad bank you are. Do you think I could have got my problem fixed? The answer is in the short run, I could have. In the short run, you can violate a principle and you might get a short-term result. You could, you could do that. But what would have happened when I came back to the bank a week later or several days later? What would have happened? Well, it's probably something like this. They would have said, watch out for that guy. He's, he's a little bit of a time bomb and he's a little bit of a mean guy. Maybe make him wait a little longer. Would I have been treated like a king if I had been a bully? The answer is no. So here's the thing. Gravity is just there. I can make a million dollars with my hydroelectric dam or my ski resort, or I can fall off a cliff. The golden rule is just there. I can treat people like I want to be treated or I can ignore it and be a bully figuratively, I'll fall off a cliff. I've seen it happen in business to a lot of people. So here's my question with this. We know that the golden rule is like gravity. Remember when we had gravity, we could come up with, probably in like two or three minutes, we listed five or six different ways to align with gravity. There's probably a hundred different ways to align with the golden rule. What are ways that you can align with the golden rule with your children, in your marriage? in your relationships, in your business relationships. What can you do to align with that? Now, have you ever seen a parent, the kid walks in and the parent says, I can't believe you stayed up till three o'clock in the morning last night and you didn't make your bed and you're hanging out with the wrong kids and you're playing video games all day. What is that parent doing? Well, I'll tell you, let's back up just a little bit here. The golden rule, you know, I studied psychology in school, and it's really just the golden rule. And for, for any of you who are psychologists, I hate to say this, so please forgive me. Sometimes, sometimes, not all the time, sometimes psychologists make things a little more complicated than they are. A psychologist would say, oh, I know what you did. You did something called positive reinforcement. Do you know what positive reinforcement is, anyone out there? Well, let's talk about it. Positive reinforcement is where you catch people doing something right and reward it. 
So in other words, when I ask questions this of class, a lot of people raise their hand. I'll have some people say, well, if you, if you positively enforce a dog, if you tell it to roll over and he rolls over and you give the dog a treat. I said, that's exactly right. When you see a behavior that you like, so the dog obeying you, you reward it immediately. Well, with human beings, with children, with spouses, with business relationships, in many situations, not all, but most situations, attention is very rewarding, especially with small children. So if you can think of behaviors as seeds and attention like water. So if I have, a, if you can imagine a pitcher of water in my hand and I have these seeds, I'm going to water the behaviors I want to see grow with attention. But here's the thing. If you give attention to negative behaviors, you're actually making it more likely that those negative behaviors will continue. So when the parent says, I can't believe you stayed out till three in the clock in the morning last night and you didn't make your bed, even though that parent thinks that by bringing it up, he's going to make the behavior go away. What's actually happening is he's watering the behaviors he doesn't want to see with attention. Do you see that? And he's actually making it more likely that those behaviors will occur again. Well, I got to tell you, I'm a dad. My kids were born. They didn't come with a manual, which means I got to figure it out, just like you. And I sometimes, this sounds horrible, I try experiments on my own kids, okay? So one time I had my daughter knocked on the door and she said something like this. She said, hey, dad, guess what? I got ready for school and I made my bed and I made my lunch and I'm ready to go. And I thought to myself, because I'd learned about positive reinforcement not too long before that. And I thought, man, this is a behavior I want to see grow. And I went to my, to my wife in the closet and I said, you know what? Let's see if this positive reinforcement stuff works. Let's see if we can give this a lot of attention. And so I went out there and I said, wow, your bed looks great. And you're, you made your lunch, wow. And I laid it on really thick, gave her a lot of attention for it. My wife did the same. So she laid it on thick. Well, guess what happened? She did the behavior again. And we kept watering that behavior with attention. When she did it again and she did it again. Well, she, she actually, when she went years and years, most of her life, getting up, making her bed, doing the thing because we watered that behavior with attention. Now, what would have been less effective? Less effective would have been to wait until she didn't make her bed and she didn't make her lunch and then storm into her room and say, I can't believe how many times have I told you you have to make your lunch and you didn't do it and you haven't done this. And I could have watered the behavior of sleeping in by paying attention to it in a negative way. I could have watered the behavior of, of she didn't make her lunch, so I could water that behavior, but it's so much more effective. In fact, the research shows that catching people doing something right and giving them a reward, which is attention, is the most effective way to shape long-term behavior. I'm gonna say it again slowly. Positive reinforcement is the most effective way to shape human behavior. Now, there's other ways to try to shape human behavior. You can try to punish them. You can do negative reinforcement, which is every time they do something wrong, you can point it out. That's not as effective. In fact, it's fighting yourself, it's fighting gravity. If you want to get from a no situation in life to a yes situation, there are some principles that make it way more likely. Now, I got to tell you, there's also a principle called free will. People have real choice. They can choose. You can do everything perfectly and they can still tell you no. But the research shows that if you do certain things, the chances of going from a no to a yes go way up. So if I'm trying to influence my spouse, or I'm trying to influence my troubled teen, if I'm trying to influence my wife or my wife's trying to influence me, if they can catch me doing something right, they're aligning with gravity. Now, how many times have you as a parent gone in and watered the weeds?
giving people attention for behaviors that you don't want. Put the toilet seat down. Don't leave the socks out. Why didn't you make your bed? This happens all the time in marriage. It even happens. I know the principle and I still do it sometimes. I'm trying to stop. It's hard sometimes. But if you can catch people doing stuff right, the research has shown that the best way to get rid of problem behavior is to focus on good behavior. Did you hear that? I'm going to say it again. The best way to get rid of problem behavior is to focus on good behavior. Now, for those of you parents out there who are wanting some good resource, there was this book written by Glenn Latham. It's called The Power of Positive Parenting. Genius book. I'm going to try to tell you one of the stories. I hope I'm telling it accurately. In this book, uh, Glenn Latham tells the story of a, uh, there was a boy getting sent to the principal's office and he was getting sent there on a regular basis. It became such a problem that they had a school counselor come in and say, well, let's try to figure out this problem. And the counselor sat in the back of the class and noticed that the boy was doing a lot of things right, but the teacher was giving zero attention to the boy. But as soon as the boy would do something wrong, the teacher would say, oh, there you go again, and write his name on the board. Then you do something else and get a check mark, and you do something else and get another check mark. And of course, people are paying attention to the boy, like he's kind of, you know, the teacher's paying attention, the kids are paying attention. And finally got to the point where they had to march him down to the principal's office. And when they took him to the principal's office, they sat him right next to this window. Well, it happened to be this window was where a lot of kids could come by and a lot of kids would give him attention, wave to him in the window. And, um, you know, eventually the principal would come in and say, now, why are you doing this and give him a lot of attention? And so what was happening was actually really predictable. The boy was getting zero attention for doing stuff that was right and a lot of attention for doing what was wrong. So, of course, he was doing what's wrong because the principle of gravity, you can, by the way, you can say, I don't believe in gravity. It doesn't make gravity not work. You can say, I don't believe in positive reinforcement. You don't have to believe in it. Gravity is still there and you still can build a hydroelectric dam and be very successful. You could fall off a cliff. The principle of the golden rule and positive reinforcement, which, by the way, who doesn't want to be rewarded for good behavior? That's kind of part of the golden rule, isn't it? Like positive reinforcement is rewarding for good behavior. And I want to be, you can either align with that or ignore it. So in your marriage, if you go around and point out all the little things they do wrong, what you're actually doing is watering the behaviors you don't want to see grow with attention. If you want those behaviors to go away, the research has shown that if you can catch your spouse or your children or people in your business life doing something right, the ability to influence them goes up. So my challenge to you today is how can you do that? Will you catch your spouse, or your children doing something right. And by the way, I'm not trying to say you should do this just so you can get your way. Because remember, they still have free will. You could do it and they could choose not to, to be influenced by it. But the research shows that chances go way up. Now, I'm not talking about using this principle so you can manipulate people. That's not what I'm talking about at all. I'm talking about it so you actually become the kind of person that sees the good in other people. So let me give you an example. I went to the oil change place. These guys, they came out, they wiped my windows, and they vacuumed the floor, and they did a really good job. They changed the oil really fast. And I thought, you know what? I like this behavior. Let's see if I can reinforce it. So I did the kind of the same thing I did at the bank and with, with Janice and Bob in New York. I said, go get your boss over here. And I said, the boss came over, and the guys are standing right there. And I said to him, I said to the boss, I said, these are exactly the kind of people you want working for you. Um, when you get promoted, will you drag these guys into your spot? And the guys were surprised, which by the way, most people, when they get positive reinforced these days are so surprised because the world is awash in negativity. 
if you can catch people doing something right, you will become a light to them. Well, here's the interesting thing. I didn't think anything else about it, but I come back to the same oil change place. I come back, you know, a while later, they remember who I am and I don't even have to bring the coupon. They just say, give that guy half off. Isn't that interesting? My wife and I were at a restaurant. There was a, there was a girl who came up to us and she was super fun. We we're bouncing kind of jokes off of her and she was doing stuff, did the same kind of thing, got her boss over there, complimented her to her boss and said, this is, you know, I come to this restaurant just because of this girl. And it was interesting after the boss had left, she came back around and she had, she was trying to not choke. She was kind of trying to keep the tears from coming back. And she said to my wife and I, she said, you are the best table I've ever waited. You know, if you really want to go from a no situation in your marriage to a yes, if you want to go from a no situation with your kids to a yes, start catching them doing something right. The little garden variety weed behavior, you know, they leave their socks out, the toilet up, just ignore it. But when they do something right and they do more right, just like the boy in the school, there's more right out there than you think. Give them attention. Give them what you know they like. By the way, that's the first principle we're talking about today on the Principal Podcast. We hope you join us again. Thanks for listening.